people have the wrong idea of what it means to be a theologian. And that is, we're all theologians. We all have a thought process of God. We've all done some, we all have created some understanding in our minds of God, whether we've done that in deep study or we've done that at a very cursory level. We have all created some theology of who God is. And we may not all be good theologians and we may not all be correct theologians, but we are that. Hey, all things listeners, I have some fun news to share. I have a bookstore. Through a sweet partnership with 10 of those, I have an online store where you can go to find all the books I recommend on this podcast, plus all my books in one place. Here's why I'm so excited about the bookstore and my partnership with 10 of those. Everything in the store is handpicked and points to Jesus, so you won't have to worry about accidentally purchasing something that you later regret. You can also feel good about sending the link to others. Everything in the store is always discounted. Seriously, check out the very low prices. All shipping is $1 all the time. I know we're all addicted to free shipping, but $1 to support a quality gospel-centered store is more than worth it. And the profits from 10 of those go to support global missions. You know I love that. Again, so worth it. And finally, shopping at my store is a great way for you to support all things plus my other projects. So be sure to regularly check the links in my show notes and go book shopping. Welcome to All Things Everybody. I am so excited to bring to you today my friend, Missy Branch. Missy and I met last summer, and I have so appreciated learning from her, both in person and from afar. So Missy, thanks for being on this episode of All Things. What an honor. The, the feeling is mutual. It's been so beautiful to learn from you as well, my friend. Thank you, Missy. Well, this episode is going to air on the first Thursday of March. So we're sort of kicking off Women's History Month in the month of March. And something that I read in your bio, now you you have a lengthy bio. I know that you are on staff at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. You're also completing a degree there that we're going to get into in a minute. Okay. But one of the first things that your bio says is that you love to encourage women to see themselves as theologians, that they are disciples mm-hmm. first and foremost mm-hmm. of the Lord. So since we're kicking off Women's History Month, since you and I are women, we have a lot of female listeners. Tell me what you mean by that. That is, I think, your first love in ministry. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that as we start. Yeah, I think women have, n- not women, I think people have the wrong idea of what it means to be a theologian. And that is, we're all theologians. We all have a thought process of God. We've all done some, we all have created some understanding in our minds of God, whether we've done that in deep study or we've done that at a very cursory level. We have all created some theology of who God is. And we may not all be good theologians and we may not all be correct theologians, but we are that. And so when when you have the opportunity to help someone to understand what it means to have the right theology about the true and living God, that changes everything about their lives, right? And so that's why it's a passion of mine to say, no, theology is not just thick books and big words. Mm -hmm. It's the studying and the understanding and the knowledge of the true and living God who has put the breath in your lungs and who has created you and formed you for a specific work and purpose. And I think that changes everything. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, before you worry about being a wife and before you worry about being a mom and before you worry about your life's work, understand what it means to be the Lord's daughter and to be cut out and knit for something because I truly believe godly women make great everything. So like Mm -hmm. learn to be a godly woman and then you're going to make a great all those things. 
I love that. I love that foundation. So good as we kick off this month, as we kick off this conversation, everybody's a theologian. So let us understand the God in whose image we are created and and everything flows from there. That's so good. Okay, Missy, tell everybody all the hats that you wear. You're a busy woman. You are busy about the kingdom, really. So many good kingdom things that you're involved in. So um, just so they know a little bit more about you, what are the roles that you have right now? Okay, well, I'm a wife. Um, I'm married. We've been married for a long time, and I'll leave that alone. <laughs> um, I'm the mom of four, and I, I like I take a lot of pride in that. I'm excited because I know it's a gift, and that's part of my life's work. But I also work here at Southeastern. I serve here as the assistant dean of students to women in the director of graduate life. And it's a long title because at small campuses, everybody does a lot of things. But mm. it really means that I get to speak into discipleship and uh, curriculum and even discipline issues. I, I It's kind of like all of the information that students are learning in their classrooms, we're giving them opportunities to integrate that into real life and to work alongside the local church, not against it, to help them integrate into the community and then to send them off into the world to be missionaries in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And then I also am um, currently chairman of the board of trustees at Lifeway, which all of the things, all of the hats I'm wearing right now, I really feel like Esther or Joseph, like I've done nothing to achieve these. And clearly it was the Lord. So I'm mm-hmm. just honored for the opportunities. And I see them as just ways to uh, bring more glory to the Lord with mm-hmm what he's given me. And so that's really all. And then I also do a podcast with my friend, Courtney. We do women and work as a podcast. It's a ministry that she, uh, ministry that she created. And um, she asked me to be on the podcast and we co-host that. And it's a lot of fun. We actually plan on having you on our podcast. So it, <laughs> um, yeah, so it it's, it's fun. And then I think that's all. I don't know. I think that's all. I do. <laughs> oh, and I'm finishing up my degree. Here. Yeah. Don't forget that part. You're also yes, almost done. Almost done. Wow. Well, okay. I love all of those hats. The, I mean, you you are involved in some exciting ministries, some definitely, you know, passions of my own. So I love to hear about that. Um, tell me more about the degree that you're finishing because it's ethics, culture, and theology, right? Or maybe yes. those words are yes. in a different order. No, but it's it's the same. Yeah, those are the words, ethics, theology, yeah, and culture. Yeah, those three together. Why are those three together? What's the degree all about? You know, <laughs> I think... Like I said, we're all theologians, right? So let's have correct theology. I am a huge person who really loves to get to the heart of why people make the decisions they make and why people think the way they think and why people behave the way they behave. So the ethics is really what is that. It's the basis of all of those whys. And then culture is how does how do the decisions that we make and the, the ethical baseline behind everything and our theology affect the culture that we create and that we participate in. Mm -hmm. And so being able to be trained in those areas has been so life-giving. I always say that my degree is not for some future thing, but it's been very relevant in the work that I'm doing right now. So it's Mm -hmm. been great. Yes. I love the overlap of the integration really of culture, ethics, and theology. Um, Really just how, where the rubber hits the road, how we live this faith out, who we are and who God has made us to be in the time and place that he deemed for us to live and how we steward that and care for that and move in that. Yeah. I have um, loved it. Yeah. Tell I, just selfishly, cause I'm also in seminary. How are you doing mm-hmm. it? <laughs> oh girl. Practical. How, you're almost at the end. I'm still way at the beginning. Um, 
how, how have you managed being a student plus the other things that you do? Um, I'll be honest, a lot. My personality is to be super driven and just go, 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 go. But I really have had to accept the fact that I am finite and that the Lord did that on purpose. And because if the Lord made it so that I'd be fine, I'd have to operate in that. And so there are seasons when it was like, okay, you can do this. You can pull off all of these classes. And there were seasons when it was like, drop the class and focus on what's a, what you need right now. Like yeah. when the pandemic hit and our kids were all coming home at the drop of a hat and they were all going to be homeschooled. It was like, Missy, you can't be a full-time student right now. And that's okay. Right. And right. so giving myself the grace to say this season, I can do this much has helped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a good word for every listener. We are finite yeah. and we are in, you know, unique seasons. So what has the Lord given you to accomplish for this season? Yes. And it's okay. And I'm not in a race, even though I'm competitive by nature, I'm not in a race, but we can do this. We can. Do- <laughs> I can just relate to everything you're saying. It's kind yes. of killing me. <laughs> Well, I'm encouraged that you're near the finish because it's like, okay, yes. it is possible. Apparently it's possible. It, I promise you. And I mean, like I, what it took to fire up these brain cells to be able to do this and everything. It was like, yes. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's been so rewarding. So I encourage you take the journey, take the journey. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, I want to turn to a current event and get your take on it because here you are working in a theological institution. You know, you're in a Christian setting. You've got your hands in different Christian things. You yourself are a student. So let's talk about the revival that is happening at Asbury University. Um, I I trust that our listeners know what I'm talking about because it's even made its way into secular media. We're even Mm -hmm. seeing headlines about it in the secular news. Um, so Missy, what do you make of it? I know that's a huge open-ended question. We can take it a few different ways, but what are your first thoughts about it? I think it's really easy for us to be so, um, academic with the way we view God that we forget Mm. that there is a spirit that is living and active and moving. And this living and active and moving spirit can do do what he wants the way he wants to do it. And it doesn't matter what we think about it. It doesn't matter if we approve of it. And it doesn't matter if it looks the way we think it should. And so I think the spirit of the Lord can move in ways that blow our minds. I've seen it. We've seen it. If you're a Christian long enough, walk with Jesus long enough and you'll see it. And so when you hear revival break out or however you want. I know that they're not even comfortable with saying revivals breaking out because they want to be very careful. But Mm. whenever you hear something like that, me, I'm just like, Lord, have your way. Do the thing in the hearts and minds of these people that none of the words that seminarian books and um, conferences and and services could do. Right. Mm. And that's the Holy Spirit working in people. And so Listen, I all I can say is I wish I was laid up in there praying with people right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with you. There is something, and I know people are driving across the country and going and and um, joining themselves. I think probably by the time this episode airs, it sounded like Asbury's getting ready to kind of close their doors a little bit and yes. return to you know saying yes, kids got to get back to class. Yes. So by the time this episode airs, I think that will have happened. But I I understand people's desire to hit the road and go see what it's like. Yes. You know, I come from a tradition. um, I was raised in the Black Baptist Church, and my mother is a prayer warrior. And I remember the church, our church, we grew up 
they would have revival services. But the revival service that was supposed to end at maybe a seven o'clock or whatever, when prayer would break out sometimes, you would watch people pray before the Lord and lament and bring him everything. And that one hour prayer led to two hours and three hours and four hours. And next thing you know, you I remember being little and being like, I don't know about this Holy Spirit because he is making this stuff long, right? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. But, but to watch people be so captured by the Lord, that they are pouring everything out and feeling like they're being replenished and refreshed mm-hmm. is just incredible. And so like, I'm not skeptical of that type of thing because mm-hmm. I've watched it happen. And I do believe that the Lord works through those types of moments. And I do think that they're unique and I don't think that they need to be put on and I don't think we need to try to conjure them, but I do believe that they happen and they're real and sincere. Yeah. When you were young and watching that happen in your church and, and, observing your mom who you say is just a prayer warrior Mm -hmm. what drives that because I'm struck even as you say that um, you know personally my prayer life can be limited and dry and without desperation Mm -hmm. and I see that so often in the churches that I'm a part of as well that prayer is often an afterthought or the way that you wrap up the meeting Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we often want to feel differently about prayer and yet often we don't so what what causes people to be driven to pray like that? I'll be honest, for my mother, it was struggle. Mm-hmm. Struggle. Struggle. Uh, my mom's a single mom, and mm-hmm. she is a first-generation Christian. So uh, she she believed that the hope that she, the help that she needed and the hope that she had was found in Christ. And so mm-hmm. she lamented to the Lord like a husband, and mm-hmm. she was... Um, expected from the Lord like a daughter and she hoped in the Lord like a believer. And I know that to be true now. And so for her, she would find a lot of so much joy in prayer. Like I could watch the range of emotions in my mom and see even yeah. hear in her voice as she prayed. And so I really do think it started with an association with struggle and it became just a love for her, a dependence on her. I say to my kids a lot, a Christian without uh, prayer life is like having access to like an ATM card, like a black card, right? But yet you're running around shaking your change jar. Like you're just, mm-hmm. like you can get all of that, but you're living with this meagerness. And and so she mm-hmm. really has discipled me. And I would say struggle is how it began, um, but now just a passion and a love for Jesus is how she sustained it. And so mm-hmm. I think the Lord can. It doesn't have to just be struggle, but I do think. There has to be a point in your life where your prayer life is about dependence and not just routine. Yeah. And the moment that becomes dependence, it changes things. Yeah. And I do think that is at the root of a lot of our prayerlessness is we are relatively wealthy and healthy and self-sufficient, at least so we think, right? Like we Mm -hmm. know it's the Lord's who gives us the breath in our lungs, but we often function as if we are self-made. And so that is a helpful correction. Do you think that that is what, I mean, you've got, you've got, um, you're around young people there at the seminary and then you have your own teens and young adult Mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that generation is desperate? Is there struggle there? Is that what's behind um, what kept the students there at chapel and kept them from leaving? You know, I have heard that the number one streaming music right now is worship music. Like that's mm. what is being wow. streamed 
more than any other music. And I think that there's, it's because that there is a group, that there's a generation who they want answers. And I think the kind of um, practical, dogmatic, critical, um, just do it because I said so, that we were able to deal with and accept is no longer, they're like, it doesn't work. I want to know why. I want to understand. I want to feel a part of something. I want to be connected to something bigger than me. I want to make a difference. I want to change the world. Mm -hmm. And so we see this drive for um, connected to something bigger than themselves. The the hard part is when they're connected to the wrong thing. And so it's Mm -hmm. our job, obviously, to, to, bring them to to the true and living God so they can be actual theologians, but they have a desire to be connected, to serve and to understand in ways that we've never even had to consider. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so I I think that that's why revival would be a thing now with this generation, because they want something, they want answers and they don't want it to just be education, which is why the answer Mm. for them is not always college. And Mm. you know what I'm saying? And go to medical school, but the answer for them is, work so how can i influence and how can i um create and you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you know one of the things i'm struck by and i'll be honest i've kind of stayed away a bit from the news about the asbury revival just a bit Mm -hmm. um wanting to just appreciate it and enjoy it but not have my perception of it sullied by various perspectives yes so i I haven't been super in-depth in my reading about it, but one thing that I heard right from the start is that the guy who delivered the message before the revival broke out felt like his message was very ordinary and even kind of a failure, like that it wasn't (laughs) anything special. (laughs) And I personally, as somebody who speaks and teaches the Bible, I was thrilled to hear that. I absolutely adore that news because it means, as you've already said, the spirit will move. When the yes. spirit will move. Yes. And it's not and, dependent on us. I mean, and like, doesn't the Bible say that God will use the foolish things of this world to confound yep. the wise? Like just the idea, I had not read that. And I, I cause I was taking the same posture as you, Jen. I kind of don't want to hear just endless critiques of it. I want yeah. to be, to see the sweetness in it. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that there are some, I'm not even, I'm not knocking that, but right, right. I hadn't heard that, but I, I, I'm with you. I think that there's something so beautiful about the fact that he didn't think, yeah, I'm going to cause revival. Yeah. It's me. Guess what? You hear what I said? But he's like, no, so that has to be the Lord because I was Mm -hmm. not. (laughs) It's like Gideon, how the Lord stripped him all the way down. So at the end of the day, the only person getting glory is me. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love that. So yeah, as you and I have both already admitted, we're not super into the news about it. Haven't really, right. um, you know, devoured the critiques, but I know they're out there because I see oh, the yes. art. I see the headlines come across my screen. Oh, I yes. see the tweets come through my thread, well, um, even on Instagram. So. Right? You yeah. know, like everybody's got a hot <laughs> yes. take about this revival. Yes. Um, and as you've said, probably some of the critiques are really good. Right? I mean. The fact is, it's humans are involved, so some right. some things are going to be wrong, right? We right. just we all fall short. Um, but Missy, since you are, you know, you're pursuing this culture, ethics, and theology degree, you mm-hmm. are in the midst of a lot of Christian institutions and culture. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that we are so cr- quick to be critical yeah. that in the church we really have an overwhelming critical spirit, and I, I mean to say that like it seems like we have crossed a line. 
um, where our reflex isn't to be critical thinkers, but it's to be critical of the hearts and motives yeah. of our brothers and sisters. Yes. Can you help us think about that? Why are we the way that we are when it comes to this? <laughs> You know, our enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sounds so overly simple, but you it's almost like the enemy, all he had to do was throw up a lob and we just caught it and took it down the court. And we have, <laughs> we've been, we've turned it into a whole game as opposed mm-hmm. to recognizing just how much division is caused by our lack of critical thinking and our investing in just thinking as critical people, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I do think that that is a miss of culture right now. I, I, you know, I remember saying and hearing people say, I know he said such and such, but because I know him, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, or I'm yeah. going to assume he means this. And the idea yeah. of relationship gave us a closeness and a proximity that allowed me to look past what I would have ordinarily been offended by or the idea that this person is my brother or my sister. So I'm not going to automatically assume that everything they say is designed to hurt me. And Mm. I think that that also, I do think that that requires a maturity that I think we've allowed it to be okay that we're not enforcing or not enforcing God, I think that's wrong. You can't enforce maturity, but that we're allowing it to be okay that we don't even operate in this almost yeah. adult. Yeah. We don't expect right? it from each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, well she said that, but I didn't get to hear the whole thing. So let me mm-hmm. let me at least hear it. Or, you know, there are two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you tell me. Yeah. Now there are some things that are cut and dry. If somebody hit a car, somebody hit a car. But there's this but you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. like we don't give room for I wasn't there and I didn't hear it all. And so mm-hmm. I I reserve the ability to to make a rash judgment or a full judgment until I get more details. And but yet we will um give the benefit of doubt like that to people we love. And I think that that's the hard part. That's the hard part. You're like, well, then if you could trust this guy because he's your brother, why can't we trust that guy who's supposed to be Mm -hmm. your brother? I think that Mm -hmm. we've lost that in culture. Yeah. How do you think we get it back? I mean, I can, I can imagine every listener right now is going, yes, this is all right. This is all true. And I think if we're honest, we have to confess that we're part of it too, that we, we fall in the same way. Right. Um, But I think, you know, we, we are sort of fed up with cancel culture and deep division and these polarized different factions within the church. Nobody likes it. So how do we, how do we move away from that? I would refer us in my mind it's a full circle conversation Mm. we need more dependence on the spirit we need to stop being so involved like enamored that's the word I'm looking for so enamored Mm -hmm. with influencers and uh, pastors and their sound bites and creating a platform to get people to listen to our sound bites we need to go back to being dependent on the spirit you know, there mm. were years when you'd be like, I don't know if this is right. I got to pray about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that just sounds so obscure. But really, 
that dependence was how we made decisions. That dependence mm-hmm. is whether or not, I, am I willing to cut this relationship off because of that? I don't know. I should be really prayerful about that before mm-hmm. I just make a decision and go and end this relationship or quit this job or walk out of that business or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or say no to this person. Yeah. Uh, I do think that we've gotten rid of the need for the spirit. And so because of that, we just make decisions and we just say things and we just do things and we just argue and we just cancel. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we are, we are really quick to Google, you know, an article about it or who's on what side of it or where our champions, you know, lie on a certain issue rather than praying. And it really, that does go full circle back to what we're talking about in terms of the revival at Asbury. Right. Just a struggle and a prayer dependence and a desire for the spirit to be leading us and empowering us and showing us the way. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, let me ask you this with your focus on culture, ethics, and theology, I would love to hear from you two sides of the same coin. Where do you think we in the church are doing well in terms of influencing culture? Well, when it comes to ethics, we're applying our theology well, and where do you think, we are falling short. Um, you can start with either side of that coin, <laughs> whichever one you want to try first, but I would love to hear from you, you know, where are we getting it right and where are we getting it wrong? You know, I, I well, first of all, we are getting things right. And mm. so I, I think it's so worth celebrating mm. that we are doing things right. As a friend of mine recently tweeted, um, no, a friend of mine recently sent me a a picture of a tweet and the tweet had a very negative spin on some things in church. Mm. And they said, Missy, what are your thoughts? And I said to them, it sounds like that life has been hard and things have been hard, but they have not trusted the Holy spirit to finish the work. And I'm not in judge. They're in a heart. This person, I'm not in their space. I'm not doing Mm -hmm. what they're doing. So I'm, Believe me, I'm not saying that I know. What I'm saying is what the the tweet, the little caricature, the few words that we got from them did not seem to imply this is hard, but I trust that the Lord is going to finish this race. And so if I was to say things we're doing negatively is that we are not representing the Lord well on any social media platform. We're not representing Mm. him well in our politics. We're not Mm. representing him well. We're not doing, presenting a a beautiful unified front for the world on what it means to be Christians. And we can disagree on so many things and that'd be okay. But yes, I mean, the Bible simply says they will know that we are Christians by our love for each other and that yeah. love is not for how much you've given to a charity but by they'll look at the way we love each other and say oh they're christians mm-hmm. and right now girl <laughs> if you look at some of these social medias you're not or things like that you're not seeing that so i think that that's part of it our biblical ethic is not enough to drive us to say i'm not going to say that publicly i'm going to yeah. go confront them i'm going to go pray about it and i do think that um Um, a thing that we could probably work more on is probably putting action to the things that we're saying we want to do and be in the church. You know, we say we want to be more, um, uh, I'm trying to use the correct word. I don't want to just throw out any word. Um, We say we want to be a church that represents heaven here on earth, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. We want to, we want the church to be a space where you can come and you know that God has 
open the doors freely to you and he, you mm. are wanted. And I think we can say that, but I don't know that we've necessarily counted the cost of that mm. because there's a cost to that. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I do think it sometimes that's a miss for us that we are not necessarily able to um, let go of some of the areas that we maybe need to let go of power or prestige or my voice gets to has to actually blend in instead of be the only one heard or my name is going to now be next to somebody's and not above somebody's or my name might need to come off for a season or you know what I'm saying those types Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. so I think that's a miss but as far as wins there are wins and I want to end on wins I think I'd rather do that The church has been mobilizing missionaries around the world and the United States, our church has been mobilizing missionaries around the world. And that is a win. The gospel is spreading and there are people who are committed to the gospel being spread. And I work here amongst them and um, it's just so beautiful. When I went on the missions trip, one of the things I saw was that people will go anywhere with nothing for Jesus. Mm. I'm blown away by that. (laughs) I'm blown away by that. I will also say that it's really beautiful to see the church come together to serve the world when it comes to disaster relief and things like that. Like the church has stepped up in so many ways and it's been beautiful and it's been an honor to, to be a part of that, to give, to go serve, to send people to all the different ways that we can be a blessing. And, um, I do think that we've done a good job of acknowledging some of the more uh, negative things of our past, our history, Mm. like we've Mm. said it, we've offered apologies. And I think that's a step forward. That is Mm. a step in the right direction. And if you refuse to acknowledge that, then you Mm. don't get to be able to take the second step. Like you've got to acknowledge one step to take another I think we've done a good job of even opening spaces and allowing people who ordinarily would not have particular jobs or positions or whose voice wouldn't ordinarily be heard. We've begun to see that happen. And whether that has come through people pushing the door down or through the spirit moving through the hearts of men, I'm not going to judge that part. I'm saying we're seeing it happen. And so I think that that's a beautiful thing. And then another thing is... It's been beautiful to see Christians really be willing to embrace the immigrant and the poor and the, you know what I'm saying? The lost in our, these communities all over the country, having conversations with people who are like, yeah, I'm really investing in this Sudanese community or this Ethiopian community or this um, Latino community and these people. And uh, to watch them give the gospel to people who would have never heard it had they not come to our country is beautiful. And Mm. so before we only cancel the church, there is so much to celebrate. And that's because Mm. the spirit of the Lord is alive and moving and active and working. And it's beautiful to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Missy, you have lifted our eyes and I'm grateful. Um, I hope that the listeners take away from this just a new, a refreshed desire to lean on the Lord and to invite the spirit to move in their lives and through them and in their faith communities. Um, and I love what you've just left us with, that it is worth it um, to yes. follow Jesus with nothing um, yes. and to bring him into these various communities. 
Where can people keep up with you if they want to hear more from you? Where can they follow your work or hear your words um, going forward? Uh, yeah, well, my podcast, Women in Work podcast, um, it's on all of the different platforms. And I post from time to time on social media. I have um, adult children who are like, mom, come on, you've got to say more. So maybe there, <laughs> but really women in work. And um, I, I've, uh, yeah, that's really it. I don't, I, I just talk it in, in private, less talk in public, but. <laughs> well, I'm grateful that you have lent your voice to us. Thank you for being on all things today. It's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening to all things today. Um, Come back next Thursday as we continue on through Women's History Month, focusing on various issues that women face in the church today. Thanks for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at current events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now.